So one of the big parts of being digital nomads is that you're nomading together. <laughs> Not always, but we choose. <laughs> you got plans? No. Something in Athens you got planned? <laughs> Some guy I don't know about? Anyway... <laughs> Welcome back to Vine Gina Marie. We are in the Piazza della Vittoria near the Villa Bonanno in Palermo. Yes, it's been a beautiful day here, a little less sunny, but the weather is gorgeous. You can see we don't have jackets on today. Which is a pleasant change from where we have been Scarves <laughs> part of jackets, the time. Yeah. If you're new here, I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. So this episode's about our first impressions of being digital nomads. We're nearly at the three-week mark of being digital nomads. We arrived in Italy, we've traveled to three different cities, and today we'd like to just talk about how we feel and what's happening. This almost doesn't count as being uh, digital nomads or full-time travel, because really for many people this is just a long vacation so far, but we're really not posing it as a long-term vacation. and. There's a lot of different things that we're thinking and feeling that we want to share with you. Now, one of the things that started this trip out was a very messy exit from San Francisco. We have an episode all about that, our top 10 mistakes, starting out our life as digital nomads. It would have been an easier start if we didn't have that. And now we're talking about the things that we actually were exposed to in the first couple of locations that we stayed for lengths of time. And a shout out to our property manager in San Francisco, Hope. The name couldn't have been more appropriate because she has been our savior and really the person who helped to make our departure out of San Francisco possible at all. So what will and what has digital nomad life looked like for us, especially in these early days the first impressions. I definitely feel that as we go on our journey, it's going to be very different. But I also think it's really important to capture the first days because they're formative for everything else we're going to be experiencing. So for me, how does it feel to not have a home base? I'm actually not dwelling on it. I am focused on the fact that there are all kinds of cities and countries that I am very eager to explore. So I think that the idea of having a home base and having like maybe that default soft landing or something else is in some ways would be diluting what this experience is. No safety net changes everything. It really does. You're right. Not having a home base, not treating this like a vacation because we can't because there's no place to end the vacation on. Where we live is where we are now, and where we're going to live next is where we go to next. There is a tiny part of me that's missing the idea of having a vacation. And I think, you know, you save up and you splurge and you do all the things that you wouldn't normally do in your daily life. And really, this is going to be a full-time experience of balancing our budget and just making sure that we're living from month to month in the most fiscally appropriate way. That doesn't mean that we aren't going to have experiences that are maybe vacation worthy or tours, but that's not going to be our day-to-day thing. We're not trying to fit them all in into a week, which is a very different experience. You know, we're just leaving our apartment and walking around and experiencing local living. Uh, We had somebody... downstairs outside our balcony just shouting and talking to each other in the wee hours and that was kind of cool just to kind of be in um 
observation mode and kind of seeing how pe local people are living. We got to enjoy some concert that was happening uh, the other day. We had no idea what was going on, but it was beautiful music that was playing and we could hear it clear as day, but we didn't have to pay to go anywhere. It was just right outside our balcony. And some of the people that are shouting outside our balcony, is probably language you need to learn outside of Duolingo. <laughs> the thing about not having a home base is that everywhere you go, it's a new place with a new space, new problems, new good things and new bad things. And so far we've had some dramatically different experiences in Napoli and Palermo. I think it's all part of the adventure and it's exciting that you don't ever know what you're going to get, but it also means you never know what you're going to get. So for every place, there are a lot of things that change, like the, the room layout, the ability to like have internet access, which in the first place in Napoli was amazingly good, like better in some ways than our San Francisco connectivity. And then we got to Palermo, which Judy researched and they said, high speed internet. With we, fiber. We're fiber backed. And one of my friends said it must be cotton fiber because it's barely two megabits up. I, uploading these videos is dramatically slow, like hours to upload some of them. That will be one of the criteria that we really press on as we continue forward. And of course we have the problems you can't foresee, like in both places, uh, the first place in, in Napoli, we actually had a meter blowout for the electricity and our power went out. We thought it was the whole area. Looked outside, there's lights on. And we weren't doing anything to use up power, so no. we had no idea what was going on. Turns out it, it was a thing that had to be handled by an electrician. Took till the next day sometime. Our Airbnb hosts were very nice. They invited us over to their place, which was just across a little catwalk. And we sat in their kitchen for a little bit, got some <laughs> of our devices charged and got some work done. We came to Palermo and we had an, like a circuit break because apparently we can't use the hairdryer along with the heating unit. Or and the microwave <laughs> along with the heating unit. Or the heating unit. <laughs> Two heating units together, don't no, worry. No, no. They did say that that second heating unit wasn't working. They did. But now I'm thinking maybe it was because they don't they can't have the handle voltage. two heating units. And what about the bathroom situation? So we've been to a lot of European hotels that have very small bathrooms. Like you have to squeeze by each other to get through to the other side, yes. And and I really wasn't worried about that. But the shower in Palermo is so tiny. I feel like we're kind of walking into a stand-up uh, coffin or, I don't know, it's just a very weird feeling because there's not room to do anything in there. But well, the, the, one, the one in Napoli was at a circular door, so you felt like you were in this tube. And that one was okay, not a lot, not a lot of room, but there also was a small water tank. So if anyone took a little bit too hot of a shower for a little bit too long, the other person was out. You know, like cold shower or just don't. And they were not long showers no, no matter what. No, so. I mean, like we're trying to be very conservative about these things. And that's the same thing with the kitchens. You don't know what you're going to get in the kitchens. You don't know what kind of utensils you're going to get. You don't know how much space you're going to get on the stovetop or how many burners work in which way, you know. So all these things are very unique and you can do your homework and try your best, 
but you're just going to have to deal with them. And if we book for four weeks at a place, we deal with it for four weeks. <laughs> sometimes it's not such a big deal. Sometimes no. it is. And sometimes you just have to go to go with the flow because no place so far has had a vegetable peeler. It's, it's not available in our in our backpack and our suitcase carry-on. And you say that, but I actually have some of those items oh, no. in our uh, Amazon carts to <laughs> ship to our daughter, which brings up another point. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit <laughs> later in the video. So kitchen, bathroom, deal with that stuff. The thing we do a lot is we work on scripts, we work on these videos. I do a lot of editing, or Judy's writing uh, blog posts. And so with all this activity that we have to be on computers and working, we're used to sit-stand desks. We're used to having spaces that we can actually get ergonomically comfortable in. The first place had chairs that you sunk into, so oh, yeah. they really only had an outside edge. This place at least has some small pillows on the chairs in the kitchen, but the kitchen's really, really small and it's a very small table. There just isn't enough places to put things. And so we have to deal with more clutter than I wish we would have to. Through all this, one of the things that we're understanding is that we don't have everything figured out. We aren't even fully through our list of things that we're learning and experiencing, but I think it was important to us to not overanalyze all of the decisions we needed to make before we left. Yeah, because paralysis by analysis, we know that's a problem for both of us. Yes. So I feel like we researched what we needed to, we felt comfortable with our decisions, and we figured we would figure things out on the fly. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. So some of the things that we're coming up with aren't necessarily overwhelming obstacles. They're just ex part of the experience. Yeah, and we haven't experienced a lot of other places yet, so we'll have more problems. We'll have to figure those things out, and I think that's fine. One of the bigger concerns has been, just for me, not having a job and not having the routines around having a job and the structure in my daily life, uh, which you could experience outside of making the choice to just travel full time. But for us, I think that that's just been one of the things, especially for me, that's been a bit of a challenge. Being told you have to get these 50 things done, you like being productive. You like getting things done. So that was an easy check, check, check. I'm busy. I have so much to do. Now it's a matter of self-discipline. In some respects, I have a decent amount of it, but I'm used to having external accountability and letting my personal life maybe be secondary <laughs> to that. Now that I have all of the time and space and I'm accountable to myself, that's been a new experience. And, you know, having discipline around routines and how we spend our mornings, especially since we're in different time zones. We'll be working along in the day. We'll be getting stuff done. We'll think, wow, you know, it's this and this. It's it's afternoon. It's almost 3 p.m. Oh, they're not even up yet in San Francisco. Oh, even in Houston, they're, they're barely up. We can't communicate sometimes in the times that we're ready to communicate. So, when we have to have routines for people that are not here, we have to do those late at night, which that's a big change. And I know a lot of people travel all the time in their regular jobs. And um, this is like something that's common for you, but it's not for us. So as Judy alluded to earlier, we are working really hard to make sure that the things that we're missing in our kit are replaced with the best things we can for the space we have and also get rid of some of the things that we probably overpacked. The wheels on my uh, luggage yeah. aren't the best. We bought it in 2017 and it's been very, very durable mm. and it probably will continue to be more durable, but we don't know 
if the wheels are going to go. We travel on a lot of cobblestones, so it makes sense for us to maybe upgrade that now because we have a place to send it to and we have reliability that is going to get delivered. One of the things that's gone well that we planned ahead of time was making sure that whatever mail, important documents, everything else could be handled. And we use a service called My Traveling Mailbox, not sponsoring us, but you can if you want. It's been working out really well. Like we had an important document for our son that we had to have forwarded so it comes to their service. We can see the envelopes, we can forward it on, we can open envelopes, have them scan, or we can just get rid of all our junk mail, which that in itself is kind of nice, you know? No catalogs, no junk mail, just it's all gone. So we are budgeting in a much more constricted way than we have had in the past. Again, because I don't have a job, we're, you know, trimming some of our finances in order to be doing all of this. And that's a different experience. We're also cooking more and eating out less. How we balance that has also been something to learn, especially because we're in a food capital of the world. Of course, I'm going to eat the food and experience the delicious things that each country is going to have to offer. Yeah, local culture, you have to be out there experiencing that. So we understand that there's this balance of spending enough so that we experience where we are. And yet, spending a little bit of time doing things ourselves so we're not always paying for everything. But we aren't paying for an apartment. We aren't paying for utilities. We aren't paying for a lot of things that we were back in San Francisco. So we also understand that where we live is our monthly budget. We've touched on it in the past, the whole idea of geographic arbitrage, where you stay in places that are less expensive or you move across the globe in little hops that are more affordable and it helps you to get to the next place and the next place. And maybe find places that are a little warmer during the cold months of the year. That's part of it too. So we really could use your help in figuring out where to go next. People have mentioned Turkey and Egypt and Albania and I don't even know where else. I know that there are a lot of people who have traveled more to more interesting places than we've been so far. And so we'd love to hear what your recommendations are on places that are cost effective for us to travel to from the Athens, Greece, Italy area. So one of the big parts of being digital nomads is that you're nomading together. <laughs> Not always, but we choose well, okay. to do it together. Well, we are nomading together. You got plans? No. Something in Athens you got planned? Some guy I don't know about? Anyway, our relationship has always been very strong. we got a very big uh, anniversary coming up. 39 years. Yes. And our relationship throughout COVID has shown to be very good. I mean, we've always communicated. We always talk to each other. But this is unique. This is different. Yeah, there's a lot more emotions that we're experiencing. There's some insecurities that we are each dealing with individually. And although I think we talk a lot, I think that sometimes it is really hard to be in such close quarters and open up maybe as much as you need to. And, you know, just the other day we had just, it's, we don't, fight. I get, we do fight, but this wasn't a fight. It's more the idea of, you know, well, I wasn't comfortable expressing some of my feelings initially. And um, there's things that we have to, that we're continuing to learn about ourselves. And I asked her, because I could tell there was something going on. 
She's like, no, it's fine. It's like, you know, fine is not a good word. That that means something is not being said. But I kind of needed to process my feelings. There were circumstances that evening that maybe didn't feel like this was the right time to bring things up. And But neither of us really are people that we keep our emotions to ourselves and don't address them. She's very Italian. She, she lets me know most every time. That's why when something's not being said, I'm very concerned. I could spend way too much time in our apartment in San Francisco without ever leaving, without ever going outside. But I think here, it's really important for us to balance uh, experiencing the cities that we're in alongside just the regular mundane way of living as locals. We don't want to be someplace for a month and then not really have experienced what it's like. Now, what did you see? Four walls in our apartment. <laughs> Right. And, but that's part of what slow travel is, yeah. right? We're not planning to see every single site that's available in a city. Just going out and getting fresh air, it can get very claustrophobic. You know, if you're trying to get work done, you're trying to get episodes done, you're trying to get writing done. And that's all you do. We found out we need to step out, get a, get a cappuccino, get some dolce. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that I think has been really ironic one of our most precious times for us to connect has been over cappuccino. A cappuccino time video, yeah. <laughs> but we've just been figuring out places and there are some places that are bars and we've just stood. We haven't had a leisurely occasion to just dream and talk and we've really been missing that. We've had a few occasions, but for the number of days that we've been traveling, they've been too few and far between. And today we did manage to go someplace and have a little pizza and a cappuccino and, you know, such a great way to start the day. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so really important question for you. We want to know in the comments, what do you think about our journey? Is it exciting? Is it scary? Is it terrifying? Would you do this? We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts because we're loving it. But we hear from a lot of our friends and relatives that they, they think it's insane. <laughs> so if you haven't already, please consider subscribing so you don't miss a single episode of our journey. We hope you'll also check out our blog. I have a Judy's Journal with daily musings about our experiences that you don't want to miss. You can find them on findinggeniemarie.com. And until next time. Until next time. Until next time.